now, it's Thursday Finance with Stephen Pritchard, Certified Practicing Accountant and Financial Advisor. Yes, it is, Stephen. Lovely to have your company today. And you've brought in a special guest, Ian Morant. Yeah, we've got Ian Morant here to talk to us today about superannuation. Oh, good. I need tips on this. Do tips? I thought you'd have plenty. And we're going to talk to Henry Jennings in a minute about after we talk about the commodities. We're looking at the commodities. We're going to surf through we're the commodities. We're going to surf through the commodities, yes. So we've got the gold price. The gold was down $34.73 and out to $2,123.60. And the oil price was up a dollar. 93 a barrel to 91 dollars and 44 and the currency is the currency the australian dollar sinking away so it's all more expensive now to go overseas yeah people are less and less likely to go yeah. at the moment yes so we're down to 68.38 us cents um against the great british pound we're down to 53.21 pence and against the euro we're 62.13 euro euro cents and against the all ordinaries Markets, uh, sorry, the equities markets around the world a bit mixed. Uh, the all ordinaries market was down 31.3 on the week to 6,805. The S&P 500 was up 8.9 points to 3,094. And the UK FTSE was down 55.2 points to 7,351. Um, a few uh, stocks of interest is uh, BHP was down 56 cents to $36.79. Uh, CBA was up 20 cents to $79.00. Twenty-four, uh, NIB was down nine cents to six dollars eighty-one, and Telstra was down another two cents to three dollars forty-nine. And the fuel price that everyone seems to be interested in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the unleaded price in Newcastle, dollar forty-four point six, was was down four point seven cents, and in Sydney it was dollar thirty-eight point one, which was down fifteen point eight cents. And the diesel price in Newcastle, a dollar fifty point six, and Sydney a dollar forty-six point nine. So you'll probably see the prices going up as the holidays come along. I would say so. Time to have a look at what's happening in the marketplace with Henry Jennings. Yeah, hi Henry. Hello. I'm here, Stephen. You're there, Henry. I uh, am indeed. Uh, yeah, so we've got a we've got another company looking at a US adventure. Um, APA is looking at a a three point five billion US acquisition. Don't we love a US adventure? They always end well. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, they they cancelled that. They had an investor day coming up, and they cancelled that. And there is some market talk that they are looking at some sort of uh, large acquisition in the US. Um, APA itself has been the subject of a number of takeover approaches <coughs> over the last few years, um, which all went knocked back uh, for various reasons, usually the national interest reason. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I guess it would make them uh, pretty uh, hard to take over. Um, but um, yeah, no, we'll wait and see what they come up with. But uh, certainly not the first or the last to have a little look at that overseas expansion because Australia uh, obviously is not the biggest market in the world. So um, you do need to look overseas if you need to expand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. And of course, talking of acquisitions, um, there's been some talk that Seven West Media is for sale, and and uh, which which owns the Seven Network and the mm. West Australian News or Mail or something. And uh, yeah. Kerry Stakes has come out um, yesterday and said it's definitely not for sale. No, no, I think it's um, it would be hard to see who would want to buy it. Free to air is um, is a pretty tough gig at the moment. Nine Network came out, not on Nine Entertainment, came out with their results. Um, or a little bit of an AGM update the other day, and it wasn't um, wasn't. I'm going to sneeze. It wasn't happy reading. Um, so um, it's um, it's tough out there. We've got street streaming wars happening, 
and uh, that's um, it's a big thing. We've had Disney uh, kick off this week, and uh, you know it's making it life tough for free to wears when you've got Stan Prime, Apple's now started. You've got Disney, you've got uh, Netflix, of course, and there's lots of other ones. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's a tough world out there. Yeah, so we, we'll see some more media industry action, I think, down the track. Well, there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of sort of uh, media deals done and consolidation, and it kind of um, goes. It, it, it's certainly heading that way. It's um, hard for these guys to survive on their own, but clearly, um, Kerry Stokes not a seller of uh, Seven West. Yeah, well, they've got plenty of money anyhow. Um, well, he's got plenty of money, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a few playthings. Yeah. And, yeah. and BHP, BHP made a, a bit of an announcement this week, which was, was kind of a bit surprising in a way. But but anyhow, they're they're confident about the the uh, future of oil and gas, and they're going to increase their investment into those areas. With, they think they're going to have good returns for decades. Good for them. Um, bigger news, I guess, today, and may have a, a big effect on that strategy, is that um, the CEO, Andrew McKenzie, is going to retire at the end of the year. And as a result, uh, a gentleman by the name of Mike Henry, who's been running the uh, this local mining operations here in Australia, will be taking the helm. So, of course, um, that could be a bit of a reset for, for BHP's strategy. Uh, we do tend to see new CEOs uh, sometimes change direction. He is very much a BHP man, so um, it may be steady as she goes in the same sort of strategy. But I guess, um, you know, we've got, at the moment, we've got the Saudi Aramco IPO um, trying to uh, get itself off the ground in uh, in the Middle East and be listing in Riyadh uh, in December. So um, a lot of focus on oil and gas. Though. We've got an oil uh, OPEC meeting coming up too. So uh, I, I guess BHP just reminding everyone that it's not just an iron ore company and it does have other legs to its um, business and, of course, copper, coal and uh, oil or those uh, other three legs. Yes, and, and talking of companies with other legs, is uh, Elders has Elders come out, which is the large rural service company, Elders has come out and said that their profits won't dive as a result of the drought um, because it's got a sensible diversification strategy in place. Yes, well, that, that's um, certainly helped the share price. Share price has uh, recovered from its lows. I guess the drought's hurting a lot of these agricultural yep. businesses. We saw uh, Grain Corp come out this morning with uh, with some, uh, I guess, numbers that didn't um, didn't really vary from what it had told the market previously, but still uh, relying very much on rain to uh, to drive any growth and warning that uh, the drought's having serious impacts. Of course, Elders has made an acquisition recently which does diversify its earnings and you would imagine that with the government handing out uh, uh, money and, and cheaper loans, etc., to the rural sector, that we could see um, some of that money being spent in, in elders' uh, businesses, which is always a good thing for them. And the other thing they did point out was, of course, that um, it's a bit like the um, only the strong will survive. And when you do get these uh, terrible periods of drought, which is which is heartbreaking for, for farmers, uh, sometimes it does throw up opportunities for the, for the big guys that uh, do survive these periods of, uh, of, of issues and uh, it may be that elders will be able to pick up more acquisitions uh, due to um, due to the rural sector having some issues so um, yes I mean I think if you're going to play the the, um, the the hope that it rains maybe uh, elders is, is certainly one one way to play it 
Okay, we'll come back in a moment and talk about what Domain Holdings is saying about the real estate market. Um, yes, Henry, and so Domain Holdings, which is the online um, real estate advertising platforms, came uh, come out and uh, made some comments about the housing market. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, they're uniquely placed, I guess, along with real estate, both of which have come out um, with, uh, with words challenging mm-hmm. and uh, the toughest market I've ever seen, et cetera, et cetera. But I get the feeling this is kind of looking backwards rather than forward mm-hmm. um, because, you know, certainly some things have changed uh, in the real estate market. They should be talking about what's happening now, which I guess they are, but talking to a real estate agent last night in uh, in in a restaurant, things are pretty buoyant out there at the moment. So um, even the share price of Domain is pretty buoyant out there at the moment. They're $3.40 odd. So, um, you know, they may be talking tough that it's, uh, that it's a tough game, but at the moment it doesn't seem to be showing up in the share price or anecdotally. And certainly, you know, front page of the Fin Review today was talking about 10 to 15% uh, price rises in Sydney and Melbourne and now with this housing bubble uh, reigniting, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, maybe things will improve. The problem that I guess they have is that prices may be going up, but uh, the level of activity is still not huge and the number of listings um, is not uh, not that fantastic. So uh, these guys, you know, they rely on volume. Uh, you know, they need lots yep. of people to be buying and selling lots of activity. So that will take a little while to come through. Um, so the market is expecting that to uh, to come through at some stage, hence the, uh, the highest share price at the moment. Yes, and then Coles has announced a private label type with Sainsbury's. So, so I wasn't. Are they going to re- stick Coles labels over Sainsbury's labels, or what, what are we going to be doing here? <laughs> well, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll just be buying all the Sainsbury's ready meals. Yes. Of course, when you you know when you go to the UK, um, which I've been to recently, yep. and you walk into their supermarkets, the amount of um, ready meals and uh, home brand stuff is quite extraordinary. You go to Marks and Spencers. It is all that way, and they've made a lot of money out of those ready meals. So um, it's clearly a trend. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you pop into Coles, you can see at the moment there is a somewhat limited offering, I guess, in, yeah. in terms of their um, their ready to eat meals and uh, those sorts of things. So um, you know, we tend to follow what happens overseas, and a lot of the um, a lot of our companies here. I mean, I know that Coles for a long time was run by a Scottish guy, um, and a lot of them sort of ex. UK supermarket warriors are here running the supermarket businesses here. So it was inevitable this will happen. It will it will come uh, in greater uh, numbers, I guess. So we'll wait and see what effect that has for Coles. At the moment, yeah. the little shop seems to be doing um, pretty well for all these guys with these miniature uh, products that they uh, seem to make kids lust uh, yeah. after. So, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They're, they're being auctioned on Facebook. Or, or, I know, it's extraordinary. Yeah, Ridiculous yeah. prices. There'll be a bit of plastic that'll be forgotten about in a year. One of the things I've noticed with, uh, with, with Coles and Woolworths private label branch, you need to check the label and see where the country of origin is from because there's a number of, a number of uh, countries that seem to be packaging up private labels that you may may or may not choose to uh, wish to eat. Yes. Yes. It's remarkable, actually. When you look at the stuff that's usually on special, um, that tends to be... It does look as if that was designed for elsewhere with the labelling. You know, you you see a lot of those sort of labels in in Thai and uh, Malay. So um, it's it's interesting to have a look at those labels on the things that suddenly become half-priced 
not Australian or mm. not English anyway. Right. And uh, just to finish up, Afterpay is looking to expand overseas as well. And I've got $200 um, million dollars from someone. Um, yeah, well, they, they did a deal, and, and the, the AGM was yesterday. And I have to say that it was a, it was a wild ride for Afterpay shareholders yesterday. At one stage, they opened up 8%, and they were down 5%, and now today they're up 7 or 8% again, having rallied all the way back yesterday. Um, the, the problem, I guess, the, the numbers themselves were pretty good, actually. Um, but they're pushing into the US, and they seem to be making some really good inroads into the US. They're pushing into the UK, which they're doing really well in. But the interesting thing, and something that may have upset the market a little bit yesterday, was they have done this placement to a US tech fund uh, of 200 million bucks worth at $28.50. Now, um, these guys are no idiots, and these guys are very much into data analytics, and uh, as a result, they identified Afterpay as a sort of a, a mover and shaker in the retail business from just looking at the data. So they've invested um, 200 million bucks in the business. I guess a few people peeved they didn't get the chance to buy them at 28.50. But you know what? Yesterday they did. They did actually go below that. So if you were that peeved, you could have bought them there. Um, and, but it just looks a good sort of uh, tick of approval for Afterpay's model. And the next. Uh, the next step in the uh, sort of uh, the afterpay story will be the Oztrack investigation. Uh, the auditors have been looking at that, and they're due to report on November the 22nd, I think it is, uh, in terms of whether they broke any money laundering uh, aspects of Oztrack, uh, and whether there will be any fines. I suspect they will get a small wrap over the knuckles, and they may have some some minor fines, but it won't really disrupt the juggernaut that has become afterpay. The stock is up uh, 7.5% today, so clearly the, uh, the market's got happy with the fact that uh, well, in fact, these US guys know what they're doing, and it's not like they're just any old funds. They're one of the best uh, tech funds in the US, so if they're putting money in at 28.50, it's probably good enough for me. Okay. Well, on that, we'll leave to speak to you what's good enough for you next week, Harry. But right now we're looking at superannuation, something that is, as you said, Stephen, out of sight, out of mind quite often. Yeah, so so one of the big issues with superannuation fund is, is I think I made the comment uh, a bit earlier, that it's um, out of sight, out of mind, and so people kind of forget about it. And and so one of the things they need to make sure is their, their personal details are up to date. So how do you go about all of that and how do you know if they're not in? Uh, thanks, Stephen. The good way is to check on the annual statement that uh, everyone should have received uh, by now, giving their super as at the 30th of June uh, 2019. And there's a few purposes for those annual statements. One is to make sure that people are uh, getting up to date or keeping up to date with their superannuation balance, etc., and the details on it, but also to give people an opportunity to check the details. Uh, you postal address, street address uh, and it's a good idea to have those in exactly the same um, format as shown on ID documents that you use such as a driver's licence or passport because when you claim super you're going to need to provide uh, a copy of those or a certified copy of those ID documents and so if that all matches up it makes the processing uh, a lot quicker and easier. Yeah, that, that uh, you know, I, I don't know how many times we've had ID problems just when people oh. are trying to sell a parcel of yeah. shares. They've got a different name I on the share the register than what's yeah. on the... And not, not necessarily the maiden name. They'll have different initials uh. or... A com- 
completely different name on their driver's license to what's on the share register. I couldn't do my tax because my name was different for the superannuation than what it is with my married name now. So, you know, it's updating those sorts of things. Yeah, that's really easy to fix that one. I just jumped online, Stephen. I could fix that. No, no, you just got to produce your marriage certificate for that. Yeah, but But these other people where they've put some other name on there or they've put a different initial, it creates all sorts of havoc. Yeah. Yeah. And that can happen sometimes when other people are filling out forms yep. for you or an employer, for instance, sure. uh, with a new employee starting. Uh, someone's name might be William, but they might put down Bill. Uh, someone might have a second name that's not recorded in, um, in some places. So uh, all those things might seem insignificant, but they do have consequences. Um, having your email address up to date, because a lot of uh, funds now are trying to provide a a, a greener uh, offering to members and therefore emailing uh, annual statements correspondence rather than sending them out through the post. Uh, and mobile number, uh, having your mobile number there and if you've changed the mobile number or uh, even your email address because of changes with the NBN, uh, making sure they're, they're up to date. And also any nominated beneficiaries that you have in regard to your super, making sure that they're up to date and current with your uh, personal circumstances. So is this also a good time to review your insurance cover like we spoke to about before and make sure it's it's adequate? Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And any of those details that we've just mentioned, if they're not uh, correct and up to date, can lead to uh, super becoming lost. Mm -hmm. And, And... a lot of the times lost super is there because someone has uh, changed their name and as Sarah just mentioned there, the change in uh, name from a maiden name to a married name, uh, I think a lot of lost super is because of that fact that people haven't uh, updated their records mm-hmm. uh, for those types of changes. Uh, but in regard to lost super too, I'd like to just clarify uh, a subtle difference between lost super and unclaimed super and the uh, ATO keeps a record of both those different uh, different t- categories of super uh, a lost super basically is where uh, you've had or the, the fund has had mail returned by the post office uh, the, like the fund has sent correspondence to you it's come back as uh, unopened mail uh, no longer this address accepted by the post office and other attempts that the fund has made to contact them have been unsuccessful, so that ends up being lost super. Whereas unclaimed super is where a member has satisfied what is called the condition of release uh, but has never claimed it. And the, uh, an important factor with super is that it, the onus is always on the member or a member representative to claim the benefit no one's going to automatically say, oh, here's some super, you're Give entitled to Give you a tap on the exactly. shoulder and say, exactly. hey. Mm-hmm. And uh, the figures recently from the ATO are still pretty disturbing. I think we've talked about this before. but A long time ago. Uh, as at June 2018, which the most up-to-date figures that the ATO has provided, but there's still uh, $4.2 billion in New South Wales of lost super. And uh, an unclaimed super... Uh, just over seven hundred thousand dollars. So, in total, it's just under five billion dollars just in New South Wales uh, postcodes of money that people could have in their own pockets That's or their ridiculous. own accounts, uh, mm-hmm. working towards their retirement. But uh, the ATOs uh, looking after it. So, how do you find this lost super? 
Um, there's uh, or unclaimed super. Uh, most super funds, or in fact all super funds these days, offer services to members to look for uh, lost super. But you have to give the fund the authority to do that on your behalf. Uh, you can go into uh, if you've got a MyGov account set up. You can go into your MyGov account and uh, link it to the ATL if it's not already linked, and that lists then all super that might be shown in the ATO's records being in your name. But, of course, then if you haven't kept some of those details up to date, such as name, TFN and et cetera, that makes it a little bit harder to mm. do that matching. Uh, but you can also ring the ATO on the, their 1300 number, uh, 13 28 65, and they will give you advice over the phone too on, on claiming lost super. What do you mean by you've got to decide on your financial goals for retirement? What are we, we, you know, what are we looking at there? Um, the, the whole purpose of superannuation is to provide uh, income and financial resources for you in retirement to replace the uh, salary or wages that you've been receiving up until that point. And a very typical question is people say, well, how much money do I need in retirement? But the first step in answering that question is to work out what your needs are going to be in retirement and what's, firstly, what lifestyle do you want? And I think we've talked previously, Stephen, about different styles of lifestyle called modest or comfortable uh, and working out what income uh, that uh, is going to suit your expectations and your needs. And then... In addition to the income side of it, there's also lump sums. Uh, people might want to mm-hmm. have trips, uh, do some renovations for their house, update the car, caravan boat, pay off debt, etc. And so superannuation can be a, the source of uh, both those types of uh, money, uh, income to live on, pay the bills, uh, buy groceries, etc., plus the lump sum for those uh, extra things that you need. Okay, so, so, so a lot of people, you know, we, we want you know, a good lifestyle in retirement. Um, how can we work out how much money we actually need to get there? Uh, there's a lot of calculators uh, available now. Most super funds have calculators on their websites. ASIC uh, have some uh, fairly good calculators on their website as well and allows you to uh, put into those calculators how much super you have uh, at the present time, your age, etc., the age that you expect to retire at and then allows you to do uh, projections just uh, based on uh, standard CPI rates etc and it will give you a lump sum uh, projected at that retirement um, date that you're looking at and then there it can then uh, put that into other calculators which show okay if that's how much money you have at the point of retirement then that's how long it'll last. Okay, so then once we've worked out how much we need, is the next step to to build a strategy to get there? Exactly, yes. Um, So those calculators can provide a a starting point for you, but if you're starting to get very serious about uh, the different uh, things that you can do and the uh, validity of the assumptions you're using, that's when you can maybe talk to a financial advisor or a financial planner and get some uh, confirmation of what you're thinking about is going to actually uh, work out. They can then take into account things like tax, centrelink benefits, etc. It's starting mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. sort of fine-tune the overall picture a bit for you. Okay. Um, person should also, though, if you're in a relationship in a couple, 
don't forget to take into account the superannuation of your partner as well because uh, if you're just looking at your own superannuation, um, you might only be looking at half the picture or half the available resources to you. So don't forget to take into account the superannuation of a partner if you're going to be in a... Uh, partner relations. So this raises all sorts of issues. This bit raises all sorts of issues. Well, I know a lot of people um, contribute into their partner's super if they're not working for for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. They might be raising the family or whatever. I know that that's a thing as well. It is. Spouse contributions can be an effective strategy of helping to build resources for that retirement time. Um, yeah, so so really, you know, the issues are, you know, do you want equal amounts in each person's account, or does that, or or, or, or does that really matter? Um, you, you know, you know, um, and then there's the family law issues. Um, if people get, which we don't want to really go into no. here, but yeah, um, <laughs> but you know, there's all these sorts of issues you need to think about. Yes, that, yeah, that's it's right. Not, it's, it's not, a, it's not straightforward. Yes. And, and there are caps on the amount of uh, contributions that you can put into your super. So it may be that you need to be aware of those caps and take those caps into account. And uh, as a couple, it will allow you to put more money into the total superannuation uh, package or picture uh, using the caps for each individual. And Ian, your recommendation would be that everyone should be salary sacrificing into our super if... if we, uh, we, we wouldn't make that as a recommendation, okay. but it is something that people should seriously look at. Okay, because you're shaking your head, Stephen. Uh, yeah, we, we've kind of, you know, with the change in the rules last year, we've kind of gone away from recommending salary sacrifice. What we say Oh, is, really? Yeah, because because you can make a personal contribution um, at any time now and get a... The reason your salary sacrifice was that the, the contributions was paid out of, um, out of your pre-tax money. Now, with the fact that you can now get personal tax deductions for your super... Um, you, 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 in a lot of cases, it's better off. People are finding it better to decide close to the end of June how much they want to put in. Oh, when you and, make that contribution, and they make that contribution, yeah, and, and, and and you know, you, you, salary sacrifice can be difficult to manage to make sure you don't breach the maximum deductible cap. And it's a lot easier if you come to the end of June and you've you know you've put in eighteen thousand or from work, you just top it up to another seventy or twenty five thousand. So salary sacrifice, there are different ways of achieving that now. I guess people just need to be managed that money yep. throughout the years. It, it depends, it depends it on the intru- individual's you know, skills, but there are other options that will get the same result and it might suit you better. Okay. Very interesting stuff. Ian Morant, thank you so much for filling us in on superannuation today. Pleasure Always appreciate it. Stephen Pritchard, thank you once again no, for you. Thursday Finance. Of course, you are back same time next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.